and we're live what's up guys it's another beautiful day um welcome to another episode of the nigerian sports brand podcast i'm your host david obo and i'm going to be giving you the happenings of this past week come on man this is not going to be like the usual what am i even doing jesus christ this is not tv it's just a podcast i just say whatever i want to say and i keep it moving simple as everything so it's a beautiful week um the week started with a win and ended with a win for sports which is on monday and on thursday and then my arsenal supporting friends not so much <laughs> for obvious reasons i mean okay it started with a loss of my arsenal supporting friends and ended with a win over rapid vn um many many things to to talk about so let me just delve into it quickly but first 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 before we go into um the show for today um there's a there's a situation that happened on Tuesday during a Champions League match between PSG and Istanbul Bashak Shahi. Now apparently there was um, an alleged racist um, incident, racist incident of racism rather, from one of the fourth official. Um, during the course of the whole um, event, during the course of the the game, apparently one of the fourth official, who happens to be one of the um, assistant referees, coaches rather on the bench of Istanbul Bashak Shahi, who happens to be Pierre Webo, former Cameroonian striker, World Cup, um, I think he has appeared at two World Cups, with, he played with Samuel Eto and um, Rigobert Song and others, Cameroon, Mark Vivian Fo, you know, really, really top, you know, pop professional and very popular. So apparently, um, he was to be sent off and I heard the referees are Romanian, so obviously they're going to speak in their first language, so while talking to each other, so he said, um, who am I sending off? Negru. So he, meant, he said he spoke Romanian and then he said Negru. Negru, which means the black, he was trying to say the black, the black one. I think it was an entire statement, but Negru was the word that stuck out. The black, the black guy, that's who I was sending off. You know, and which is not his fault because, I mean, in the midst of six different persons and you have to, he, he, all of them are white except him. So he uses distinct feature features. So people are arguing that oh, what about the name, the initials, the name on his shirt? But it was cold and they were wearing thick jacket, so you could not really see or hear. You could not really see anything. So you had to identify him. But then you say what about pointing? The truth is, this everybody just trying to act like they are saints and like they would not use the physical attributes of somebody to pick out the person, because we've we're all guilty of that. You know, so then we're like oh, this this black this um who who are you looking for? Oh, the light skinned person. The light skinned one. For example, my name is David and I haven't there's somebody else also that whose name is also David. Um we're not related in any way, obviously. Now somebody could say I'm looking for David and you say, Oh, which of the David am I looking for? I'm light skinned, the person is dark skinned. So you will have to use our physical attributes to actually differentiate us. Is that racism? And that's why I the the it's a very, very um weird situation to judge. And and I feel like it's it's a case of cultural differences, but then again, he said Negro. Now, apparently, Pierre Webb thought he said Negro. We said Negro, which is Romanian for black, you know. And there are many other ways. Then they actually have a racial slur in Romania that they use for black people. It's not Negro, you know. Like there's a word Negro Kamasa, which is black shirt. So they really have to restructure their entire language because they want to, because a particular word is outlawed in another language. Do they have to restructure it? Because there are many words in the English language that is not really cool to hear in other languages. For example, I think foot means something else in Romanian, in another language. 
so you know it's food is something else now so you see it's a very very weird situation but now there's 10 match they say if he's if he's found guilty he's facing potential 10 match ban the issue here is this he has been the court of public opinion has literally passed judgment on him without even reviewing the whole case they passed judgment on him already sadly um the official i don't think he was racist because when dembaba was actually talking to him he he looked really sorry he looked really it looked like he submitted he felt he looked really sorry and i don't know man to be honest with you i don't think it's racist except there was something more that he said that maybe we have to look at about i don't think that's racist i don't think it is it's just my own opinion on the whole thing but i don't really think that's racist it's just a case of cultural differences and you know ignorance on both sides you know maybe maybe the referee should have been more more aware but it's in the heat of the moment and maybe where should have been but then again the heat of the moment you cannot if you hear something you have to speak up you know if you hear something that's suspicious you have to speak up and let them explanations but anyways the players they walk off the pitch and they postpone the game to the next day well i would say to, to, to the funny side of the thing is i would say the cameroon the um Istanbul Bashak Sheri, they postponed their funeral <laughs> because it was it was new new at the time when it was um when web when um the pitch the work of the pitch it was still new new it was a draw it was new new at the time the next day psg came out neymar scoring a hat trick Babi scoring two goals it was a five goal demolition then Istanbul bashak share scored one but Probably because PSG knew they already qualified. I think that's why they play with a bit more freedom. Because PSG knew they were qualified. Because the previous night, Man United lost to RB Leipzig. Very weird game, controversial game in my opinion. The goal shouldn't have stood. Should have been a 3 0 win for Leipzig. The first goal wasn't a penalty. It was a shoulder to shoulder challenge, and Greenwood fell. And then the referee gave a penalty. A very soft penalty. I was like, how? On, against Konate, Ibrahima Konate. And Fernandez scored. Bruno Fernandes scored. Then um, the second goal was a handball from Maguire. And you see handball, Pogba headed the ball, touches Maguire's hand and into the net. I was like, this is this is ridiculous. How can you let that go stand? And it was VAR to review that situation. And it was a handball supposed to be cancelled and it was given to Man United. Really, really unfortunate. But Leipzig held on and saw the game. If Man United had stolen that game 3-3 drill, that would have been a, a robbery. But PSG, actually, they have, you know, bettered... The result, I think, probably why because on the ninth, PSG knew they needed a draw. So they, on the day they played inside with Bashak Sherry, on the ninth, they played with a back five, five three two, just you know on the safe side. But I think when the collection was seed for them, they just knew that they just had to come out and literally, they came out and played with a bit more freedom, because Maya already gone home, they already resigned, Maya already confined, to, already confined to going home. So PSG just, Istanbul, and PSG came out and played with a bit more freedom, you know. And to be to be honest with you, I I saw how I, fe- I I would say I feel sorry for Man United fans because to be fair with you, it was a very weird situation. They were they they made their fans feel happy, feel good by winning the first um, first two games you know, they, with five new victories over Leipzig, beating PSG. You know, when many people thought they were going to lose, I mean, they came out the blocks, got the beats. Um, beat uh, PSG, beat Leipzig 5-0, comprehensively beat Leipzig. Then they played against um, Istanbul Bashak Sheri, lost 2-1. Then the next game, they won 
they beat Bashak Shahi um, the second leg at Old Trafford. And now they went to PSG. They played against PSG. PSG came to Old Trafford and beat them 3-1. Then um, Man United went to this game and then they lost to Leipzig 3. So they just won the f- won two matches, three matches, right? And all they had to do was just get a point from two matches and they, they wasted the chance. So now they've dropped to the Europa League. It's quite um, a bit of humbling for my United fans because they were really laughing at Arsenal fans and sports fans because they're in the Europa League and now you've come you've come to the Europa League to join them. Well, it's a bit of a humbling experience, I must say. But we moved though. But anyway, I was supposed to talk about it. So that with the, the North London Derby happened on Sunday. Um, the second North London Derby this year. And um, both of them have gone to wins. The two, two of them wins for Spurs, four goals for Spurs, one goal for Arsenal. So um, it's the se- Mourinho is the first Tottenham manager to win his first two North London derbies in a very long time. I think he should in the Premier League. The first manager and Arteta is the first manager to lose his first two North London derbies in a very very long time. So it's a very very um, very 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 good situation for Spurs actually. On the day, I mean, everybody, nobody was actually surprised that Spurs ended up winning that match because, for starters, Spurs were the better team, easily the better team. In form, Arsenal were low on confidence, losing on the bounce, losing this match would confine, would, would make Spurs eleven points clear of Arsenal. It would make um, Spurs have um, go back to the top of the table, you know, and overpower, overtake Chelsea. It would make Spurs, you know, um, it would send out a lot of message to send out a message, basically. So Spurs had to win this match, and we all knew what the game plan was going to be. And I was like, if I see Arsenal play, there's a way I want Arsenal to play. And, I will, and Arsenal, if Arsenal sit back, then maybe Spurs, maybe it might be different. But I don't think Spurs are going to sit back because both sides want to sit back, especially. But I said no. Maybe Ateta will be naive enough to attack. But like, I don't think that it was really, it was really weird, a very weird situation. But the game started from the very first minute when Arsenal played. The, you know, play the pass, the start, play the kickoff, and play that of throwing. I was like, that's not like, man, it's what I'm gonna win this match for sure. I mean, I didn't feel like that at the time though. But when I watched the the video, I replayed it and watched the highlights again. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm gonna win this match. And Arsenal started on the front foot, decided attacking. I was like, wow, I was amazed because I was thinking it was gonna be a back three because I saw Rob Holden, Gabriel Magalesh, Magalesh, and um, Tierney. I thought it was gonna be a back three with um, Bellerin as the wing back. And Saka as a wing back, maybe Patty and Xhaka in the middle, a front three of um, Aubameyang, Lacazette and William. But no, it was a 4-2-3-1 with Lacazette playing as a number 10, as a number 10 with Aubameyang up top, William on the right, Saka on the left with um, a midfield duo of Xhaka and Patty, Bellerin, Holding, Magalesh and um, Tierney. To be honest with you, I looked at Arsenal, I can easily tell where sports are going to attack already from. I could tell because that side was already weak. I was like, as long as Xhaka is in the middle, Kane will easily bully him. Kane will be able to handle him as long as Xhaka is in the middle. And as long as Bellerin is on the right back position, it's going to be a free, free run for somebody like Son, especially with the form he's on. So it was only a matter of time before the goal came. I think when he must tired at first, um, Son, I think he nutmeg somebody, gave it to Kane. Kane was running with the ball. Then Xhaka just went in front of Kane and fell and just took Kane took him out from under his feet from his feet from under, and he just fell that was a foul already Eric Dyer played a free kick went over the bar that was the first shot probably the first shot yeah I think so 
Now, as now we're attacking, they were still attacking. I was like, okay, this is really what I actually want to happen. It's just a matter of time before sports break and actually score. And lo and behold, the combination again. For the, at the time, it was their 30th combination for a goal. Then um, a, a break, sports clear the ball out. Kane wins the ball, releases Son on the left. Son makes the run, cuts inside, puts in a screamer. I'll say, I mean, like I said, scored one from a mistake as at earlier. That was earlier in the year. But this particular one, Son scored. The yard, the curler, everything was perfect on point. He just cut in. I mean, you could argue that maybe Arsenal could have done better. But with Son, they couldn't have done better with that Son situation. It was just a case of, you take it, let's see what you can do. And Son has that in his locker. Kane, you probably say maybe Xhaka could have... But Kane bringing the ball down and releasing this, maybe Arsenal could have done better with that. Well, I don't think they could have done much because if you think about it, the, the Son, Kane is really powerful and he was able to actually bring the ball down and release Son. Son cuts inside, puts one in the top corner. Fantastic, fantastic goal. And Arsenal fans will see that for the rest of their lives because it's going to be one, it's definitely one of the goals of the North London Derby. And Son puts it in the top corner and one nil up already. I was like, one nil up, Arsenal are going to commit even more because by sports scoring first, meaning that Arsenal will want to commit more to get back into the game, which opened them up at the back. Or they want, if they want to sit back and hope for something, they won't get anything. They're going to lose the game. So Spurs actually going, taking the lead wasn't good for Arsenal. And Arsenal went out even more, poured forward and kept attacking. And um, they played, like, like I said, played the ball in for Bellerin. Bellerin goes in, plays the ball and he went, goes to the back of Aubameyang. Then Aurier picks out the, takes the ball, picks it, passes to Lo Celso. And Lo Celso turns and Spurs have a four-on-two situation. Thomas Partey walked off the pitch because his injury, he was injured prior to the match starting and you know he was rushed back. Now they prolonged his injury. He was injured. Lo Celso running, at the ball, running with the ball at the back, gives it to Son. Partey tried to run back into the pitch but the injury was too much. He couldn't continue. He had to call off. Um, Son comes in, cuts inside, tries to chop, chops in, tries to cut inside, then he gives a reverse ball to Kane, and Kane smashes into the net, into the near post. Yeah, I think it was really fast though, really fast with with power, and it hit, it goes inside, it hits the bar, you know, inside the net, up and down, and it's two 0 already from Spurs. So that combination has produced 31, their 31st goal as a combination. They are now second. Jogba and Lampard is on 36, but this is just a personal accolade for both of them. But if you people now people would say it's it's um, you know Spurs actually um, designed the team. You know Kane and Son are the ones bailing out Spurs. I saw many awful takes on Twitter. Spurs packed the balls, then they hope on Kane and Son to do something. Somebody even said it was individual brilliance, and it shows how people are quite limited in their football knowledge, and people just do things because of it. Spurs set up that team to get the best out of two of their best players, which is what every team in the world does. Bayern Munich, they set up their team to get the best out of Lewandowski, to get the best out of Gennabry, to get the best out of Sani, to get the best out of Miller. The team is set up to get the best out of those guys. When you have exceptional players, you will set up your team to get the best out of them because the teams will come from them. Everything, they set it best to get the best out of James Rodriguez. If you go to Chelsea, it is designed for Werner, and ZH. You go to um, Man City, it is designed to get the best out of Sterling. They might get designed to get the best out of Sterling, they are guys. You go to 
um, Liverpool, they designed their system to get the best of Salah and Mane. Firmino dropping in, you know, creating space for Salah and Mane to get in. It is designed to get the best out of two of their guys who are very clinical. Now, someone says, if you take out Kane and Zon, yes, why would you take out your best two players? If you take out those two guys from each of those teams, those guys from each of those teams, they would struggle. So, it's not really a, something to be ashamed of. I'm, I'm like, and so what? The team is set up to get the best. Nobody, everybody is trying to take away credit from the fact that that defense has actually kept out goals to ensure that you know, create a foundation for those guys to be able to thrive. It's a counter-attacking team, basically. Zip, zip, fast, and it's gone. The Real Madrid team, which Mourinho won the league with back then, it was designed to get the better of Ronaldo and Benzema. Benzema and Ronaldo had a fantastic partnership. Ronaldo scoring loads of goals. So, I do not understand where this, you know, this thing is going. Maybe it's because it's sports and nobody wants to... But everybody is a bit, um, I don't know, I don't know why. But for some odd reason, maybe people always like to dig at them and things like that. But there's nothing wrong with two of your best, having people say without them. Yes, everything will struggle without their best players. It's normal. And, you know, some people always try to say, okay, if they get injured, why are you praying for them to get injured? Because it's looking like it. Because that question has been thrown my Well, again, they won't get injured. Stop bothering about them getting injured. Just watch and enjoy. If you don't, for goodness sake, if they get injured. And people always say, okay, Kane um, got injured, Kane has an injury record, da 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 da. Nobody's asking, nobody's actually to check in, nobody's trying to check out why Kane was getting these injuries. And so Son, Son had, since he came to Spurs, he had only had one long term injury I can remember. And the long term injury he had at Spurs was when he broke his arm. It didn't come from his feet, from any of his feet, it was his arm that he broke. And when he broke his arm, it was when he was playing up front against Villa. I remember that game. There was a tackle from Ezra Konsa. And it comes in and he landed awkwardly. And he still scored two goals in that game. But, you know, he broke his arm and all that. That is Son. That was when he going. Nah, he's playing on the left. He's not going to go tackle, go for area challenges. He's not going to have to do that. He's going to play differently. He's not going to go and say, okay, I want to run, head the ball. He's not playing up front. There's another striker on the bench, Vinicius. So the sports have actually gone in and bought in players. I'm not saying sports will win the league. No, I'm not talking about the title challenge. I'm just talking about this particular um, topic that's thrown at sports. You know, they say, "What did they get injured?" They won't get injured. Don't worry yourself. They have enough. And the reason why Kane was getting injured was the playing style under Pochettino. Now, what I think, because like when he was younger, I observed that he wasn't getting these injuries when he was 21, 22, 23, 24. He started getting injuries when he became 25, 26, and around those two, those two years, that's when he started picking up these injuries because he was, you know, at that 25, 27, because he could not press as he as he did when he was 20. He was in his younger years. He could not run around the pitch as quickly as as he used to. So those that running around was straining his pulling muscles and. He had to go off the pitch, you know. When, even when he was he was out injured, he rushed himself back in and come back to play with the intense training style and everything. Probably his body took a toll, took a toll on his body. But with this style, where he's not having to play as close to the goal as others, having to get those tackles into him, he's dropping deep into on, into different positions, and he's not having to run around as much. So his energy is literally being conserved the entire match. He's not having he's not, and there are matches that he has actually sat out. Like for example. The Europa League, there are two matches out of the six matches in the Europa League. Two matches, he didn't come off the bench. Against last, he didn't come off the bench. Three matches, rather, he didn't even play at all. He didn't get involved in three. Against last, he didn't come off the bench. The first one, when Spurs won 3 0. 
Against Ludo Goretz, he didn't even come off the bench. He was relaxed. Against um, um, although the first game against Ludo Goretz, he played that one and, and scored in that one though. He played in that one. But against Lask, he didn't come off the bench. Against um, Antwerp, although he came off the bench later. So he, three matches are the only matches he got involved in. He didn't get involved in three other three. Lask, home and away, he didn't get involved. Yeah, so it's just, okay, two matches rather. Oh yeah, I think it's two matches. No, there was it's three. Lask, Ludo Goretz, the other one. Yeah, the first one, the Ludo Goretz game, when Sport won 4 new. Yeah, so it's two matches he, he, has, he did not get involved in. If I can remember correctly, I think it's two. Oh, three, yeah, Lask away. Three matches. He didn't get involved in three matches. So he's been rested. He's not having to play every single match like he was playing. So he's not going to get injured. It's okay. It's going to be fine. Proper rotation and it's much more um, a careful approach as you know before than before. It's been properly managed, so it's not really a problem as people are making it look like. And that's that's just it for me. But hopefully it doesn't. And the, the thing is, it's just the conversation is just annoying because everybody just keeps showing that okay, fine, we've heard you, but it's not going to happen. They will not get injured. I really I pray they will not get injured. I want because this is a very difficult. Um, fixture list. It's normal. The team is set up to get the better of them. It's it's not. It's not. It's normal. You want your best two players, your world class players, to always be available and score. And hopefully the third winger starts to chip in goals. Bergwijn, uh, um, his work is being underrated. But his first goal, he wrote in the first goal for Son. The way he dragged, he play, his movement dragged um, some defenders with him, free enough space for Son to shoot. Then um, the movement also when attacking. You know, confusing the Arsenal defenders, then to give Kane the chance to run in behind and just take a shot. Like it or not, the role of those attackers, they are, they are underrated because we only seen the two, you know, the main cast. But everybody's forgetting about the supporting cast. But the main cast, Serge Aurier, fantastic, doing very well. Toby Adavered, back to his best. Um, Eric Dyer, I'm like, wow, I'm surprised. You know, he has turned the corner. Uh, Reguillon, I mean, obviously, fantastic. Hoiberg, you know, Sissoko, these guys are doing their job. Lucia also played on Sunday though, but these guys are doing their job. So it's just the way it is. These people, you go there, you do your jobs, and then you, you know, the main guys, they serve the foundation, and the main guys do the job. It's that simple. There'll be rotation for sure. People will come off the bench and rest. They'll rotate these guys. It's quite normal. So like, you know, I think it's going to be fine. It's a very busy festive period. And then proper rotation. I trust if anybody who can manage this properly, it is Mourinho to manage them to see them through this period. So sports play um, Palace on Sunday, and um, one game at a time, like I always say, and they have to to um, to win that game. But it's a gradual process. I'm not thinking about any title or anything. It's just a game game by game basis for me. Yeah. So um, during the midweek Champions League matches, um, Man City won. Um, Chelsea, it's a dead rubber game, but they effectively played their kids. They've won the group already, they've topped the group, so they just had to give their kids a run out. And it was a 1 1 draw. Um, when I think, yeah, Liverpool qualified, it was a 1 1 draw, although Midland gave them a game. And I think that game proved my point about Liverpool. Like, you know, Mane is, is their best player, and if he isn't playing, their press isn't as effective as when they, you know, they are dropped. And that's just the way. It is, you know, that's where if, you know, it is your best two players. If they are not playing, it will not be a system will not be as effective as it was or as it is when they are both playing. 
so um yeah that's it so out of the english teams that you were in the champions league rather out of the four english teams three qualified one dropped down to the europa league so when um, we go to thursday europa league matches sports versus antwerp i think that was a match that sports had to win sports had to win that match had to win that match to top the group effectively to win the group and avoid whatever difficult you know any potential championship team that is dropping down sports had to win that group Sports had to to be one of the senior teams, so they had to win that group. And I saw the teams that Sports could face as a result of winning that group. And those teams are not; they are teams that Sports should be able to see out and be able to qualify. You know, I would prefer us to get a very very easy draw. You know, the easier teams you get, you know, while you progress, the better. The easier, get the easiest ones possible, and see them off and get to the final and you know see out the games. That that for me, it's it's the best the best option, you know, possible. Then you see the next game. Then, um, but the match against Antwerp. Then I think Leicester they drew. All they had, I think they they had a result two 0 But I think Braga had to match. They had to match Braga's result wherever to win the group. And they won two 0 I think Braga won two 0 So Leicester won the group. Um. Yeah. So I think yeah Arsenal they won their group. They won six out of six. Eighteen points. To be possible eighteen. Top their group. Won their group effectively. So. Very good for them. Then them sports being one see that team. Also, but I watched the sports versus Antwerp game, and I I saw I was really impressed. Not impressed with the first half though, but impressed with Lo Celso specifically. Lo Celso was the bright spark. I think he's getting back to his best. You saw this. It was his injury issues, but he's fighting and fight. And you see what I like Lo Celso. Lo Celso is a footballer who will not take no for an answer he will not take no for an answer he will not take if you tell him you're not you know you're in second team da, 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 he will not agree to be in his second team. he will play his way back remember when Mourinho first came in he had to play his way back into the place way into the team because he wasn't one of the first starters but he played his way and entered Mourinho's mind and he had to play him this is Lo Celso again now Ndombele took his spot as the number 10 Lucelso is playing again. He was playing on the night. He was everywhere. He was dribbling. He was electric. He was creating chances. You know, at the first half, you know, he was playing and getting into good positions. The second half, you know, the same thing everywhere, making dribbles. A situation where he was in the defense where he had to clear the ball out. He dribbled through three defenders. Three defenders. And, you know, he, before one of them cleared it into the throwing, there's another one he got close to goal. He ran with the ball, nutmeg. I think he nutmeg one of the guys, and ran with the ball going towards the post. But he was run out for corner. Obviously, he won a corner. There's another corner he put into the box for Kane. Although Kane headed it wide. The point I'm making here is Lucelso. Mourinho even admitted that Lucelso is back to himself, and I think he had an injury towards the end of last season because he was carrying the team on his own, and he picked up an injury later. Played too many games. Picked up an injury later towards the end of last season, and then during the lockdown recovered, but he didn't recover fully because he didn't work out work with him. But when the season resumed, properly recovered, now he's working on his, you know, sword, and now he has gotten his injury. He has, he has gotten over the injury. He could. This is multifunctional. He can play everywhere. Not obviously, not centre back, not left back, obviously. But Lucelso, he's a Mourinho kind of player. Mourinho is a huge fan of his, and then um, he could play on the right wing because I saw he, end, he ended the match against Antwerp. He ended the match playing on the right wing on the ninth. Played on the right wing. He could play on the right, and he if, if he doesn't play, if he can't play as a number ten for where Ndombele currently plays, he could play on the right. 
But he could, he could still come in when we don't could play an entire 60 minutes, when it's 65 minutes. You bring on Lo Celso in the second half. But he has played 90 minutes for two straight matches. So, meaning that he might not, I don't think he's going to start on Sunday. But his, his work off the ball and on the ball is, was fantastic on Thursday night. And you could argue that it's Antwerp and all that. But for his fitness and for his levels last season, he needs he needed that performance. So I was really okay with Lucille. So then Bill scoring a free kick. Bill showing that he still has it. That free kick technique, he still has it. And Bill still nursing his fitness, trying to get you know grips with the game. I think it will come. We'll see. We'll see a lot of Bill towards the end of next towards next year. We'll see a lot of Bill towards the end of the season or in the middle of the season. We are going to see a lot from Bill. Trust me, we're going to see a lot from Bill because he's working on his fitness. Those techniques are there. The free kicks, everything is there. It's a matter of time before you see Bill back to... Now, the reason why he hasn't played in the last three matches, obviously, we played Man City, we played Chelsea, we played Arsenal. These are games that are bigger. These are big teams, right? You need a certain level of performance, defensive duty, concentration to actually work on it. Any lapse in concentration, they will punish you. I don't expect Bill to play against um, Liverpool. I don't expect him to play against Liverpool, especially with the way he is right now. The defensive work needed, but he was able to play against Brighton. He was able to play. I think he came on against West Ham. You could argue about West Ham, but it wasn't his fault. A lot of those things were set pieces. But you, the kind of opposition he will play, I think you will likely see Bill against Fulham, against Sheffield United, against teams like this. You will see him against teams that will not punish you if you don't do a lot of defensive work. Let's put it that way. But teams that will punish you if you if you do not concentrate. If one person is lapsing the concentration, the old system is is spoiled. Those kind of matches as much as you see Bill. But twenty let's next year you will see a lot of Bill, a lot from Bill. It may be the second half of the season when he has gotten that fitness back, that sharpness. But on Thursday night when he came off, him and Vin- Vinicius scored, Bill, Bill assist Bill the free kick, hit the bar, but Vinicius tapped into the net. Now that was a striker's instinct, and that was nice from Bill. Good free kick. But he was gonna come off anywhere at the time and he couldn't he could not play 19 minutes yet at the moment. But when I, I watched I watched that game on the day, Vinicius they would say Vinicius was you know wasn't really very playing well on the ninth. Maybe but he's playing with people who he doesn't play regularly with. So it's more of like laying on the ninth. But he has still after the Europa League matches, in five matches he has scored scored three goals and three assists. That's six goal involvement in five matches. That's that's a good return, you know. And we're gonna see a lot more from Vinicius. It's a matter of you know time we're gonna see a lot from Vinicius next next year maybe not this year this festive period he's gonna start probably start some matches maybe if you rest Kane Kane could come on in the second half you know he could Vinicius Vinicius could start some matches this this festive period but it depends it's also about you know how he manages the team and I believe he will manage them properly you go to um so um what else yeah yeah, so I think I think that's that's it. Then another in other news, Leipzig, RB Leipzig, they've signed um, um this guy, the highly rated Schlüberschlei, Dominic Schlüberschlei. He's been linked to clearly he has as he has made a decision to move to Leipzig from Salzburg to Leipzig, and it's quite an interesting situation because that frees up a certain Marcel Sabitzer, because Marcel Sabitzer, okay, fine, it's me that he can play in different positions. But Sabitzer, who I hear is a big fan of Mourinho, is a fan of Mourinho is a fan of his. Um, Spurs actually have been looking at him for a long time, for a while now. So um, generally, we'll see Spurs make a move. Then Milan Skriniar, I think we need a new centre back. 
we need a new center back because of Damison Sanchez. I'm not a huge fan of his already. I mean, you know that I used to praise him before, but I'm not really a fan of his anymore. Then um, Davinson Davin Sanchez, if if you could put some money plus Sanchez and offer to Inter Milan, because Inter Milan they need some money. Surely now they're out of Europe, they may be forced to sell. I don't know if they'll sell cheaper because that money they still have a certain amount. Six, 60 million euros is what they want for Milan Skriniar. We'll see if Spurs. I don't think Spurs are going to pay that money, but Sanchez moving out with some money. You know, hopefully we'll see if Inter Milan change their mind because Sanchez is probably suited to play in a back three for them because he probably has a pace to recover. And we need Skriniar more than them. You're getting Milan Skriniar. Um, you know, registering him to be very nice for the Premier League, and we have Joe Rodon available in the Europa League um, group stage, Europa League and knockout rounds. But if we sign Sabitzer to free up, even if he free up his place, Spurs have some homegrown issues. Whether Mora will have to be moved on, I don't know. Maybe Lucas Mora may be moved on, or somebody moved on. I do not know. But it will be it will be a very very interesting you know situation. But I I like Marcel Sabitzer. I'm a huge fan of his. He's, multi, he's very multifunctional, like Lucel. So he can play central midfield, he can play as a number 10, he can play on the right. Can play, I think he can play on the left. Right field or something like that. But he's a very quality footballer. Quality footballer. You know, and it depends. Like I said, it's whoever Mourinho wants to sign, he should sign. If you, if you can play, if Sabitzer can play Sissoko role, Sissoko is very important also to the team because of what he brings against the bigger teams. His ability to get about the pitch and cover up spaces, cover up for, 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 for people who are out of positions. I think the way sports play, you cannot get at Oriye one-on-one now. If you get at Oriye, you're going to get Sissoko too. So you have to beat two persons at once and everybody is staying in position. It's a very, very disciplined system that sports currently play. And the way we see people actually attacking sports for the way they play. Well, the reason why you're complaining now is because of who sports have played recently. Do you expect sports to go to Man City and try and match them up with their style and get slapped 3-1? No, it is suicidal. So you actually go there with a certain style. Because you want the points, so you want to win the match. You need the points on the day. So you play Man City. You have to be very pragmatic and smart with the way you play them. You don't go into the match against Man City and try to play them at their own game. You go to um, Chelsea at the Bridge. You, you finally you do not lose against your rivals. I suppose I've played three straight top teams that people thought Spurs would lose to because I was reading the comments even before the match. Before the matches were played, after Spurs beat West Ham, Spurs were told people were like, oh. Suppose I look at the teams Spurs are facing. They are facing Man City, Chelsea, and Arsenal. And oh, they are going to lose these matches, you know. And Spurs didn't lose these matches, and now you are angry about the style of play they use. I, I saw Graham Sooners talking even um, on Sunday against Arsenal, the Arsenal game, saying that the player is boring. Da da da. I'm like, yeah, I think the fans really care if it's boring. We've seen enough attractive football for the past for years already. We're not here to entertain you. You guys really made. I mean, yet obviously here to entertain, but. These guys made fun of sports for having soft on belly and other factors. And now sports have come with a different approach and they're upset. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the opinion of the fans that matter. You know, let you decide if they like it. And if you ask the players, if you said, I mean, Red Nap was saying he doesn't know if the players will enjoy this style. Well, ask the players, they're toward the table playing like this. And they know that they can switch it up because even the Europa League, when they've seen where sports have actually gone out and pressed really high and actually go out there and really try and dominate teams. So sports can turn it up if they want to. They can switch up the style if they want to. What I see from the media is just clearly favoritism. And probably, in my opinion, I think it is. It's probably them just trying to look a certain way. You know, it's like, why are they not? Because they probably had an expectation of sports, obviously, in these matches that they just played. 
then your mind like, oh, sports may probably lose to Man City and lose to this and lose to that. So we can have this to say about them. And the points they have to say about sports, they couldn't. So they have to jump on the bandwagon of playing style, which you no, know, I doubt anybody cares because to be honest with you, sometimes Man City matches can be boring because they're going to keep passing and passing and passing and passing and passing the opposition to death. Then, then they score. Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it's, the people let people, football. Can, there's no one way to play football. People can play football the way they want. You know, the way generation has designed football and come up with the points like saying that um, as look at the only way to play football now is like it's only club style and Guardiola style the only way to play football. Now anybody who's playing football that isn't playing that way must be vilified, you know. Who cares? You know, I mean it's a different everybody played the way they want. This is, football is one played different ways. But like I said, we'll see how the season progresses as games go on, games go on. But I like with the options that sports have, I like how sports have a lot of options to bring on, to switch, to change games. Um, I, this, this festive period is going to be interesting. We we'll, we'll see how sports line up in this match, in this game, in this period, and we'll see how they say set up, you know, to try and get points. Most importantly, yeah. So, um, but January, January is going to be a very interesting window. Like I said, you know, signing outgoings. Obviously, I hope that Vincent Sanchez goes. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't want him to be an option on the bench because he's too erratic. And I mean, you know my opinions on Sanchez. Ori has been improved. Look at Ori. Ori has stuck down, dug in, and changed his form around. Sanchez can do the same thing, but he looks like he's not willing to. Those little, little unnecessary errors, he's still there. He's a press trigger for opponents. When they see him with the ball, they press because they know this mistake is going to happen. And you know, I hope he doesn't. I hope he he. It's not really a case for for. I hope I hope he doesn't he doesn't play. I'm sorry. I hope he, by January we get a deal for him and move him on. Move on some other players too. Levy has to. It's January. Just let them go. Bring in Skriniar. And um, even if not Skriniar, if you can get Milinkovic from Fiorentina, no problem. Or even Vestergaard, Yannick Vestergaard. You know, just getting quality. Get somebody else that is reliable. For me. January is a very important month, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So yeah. So um, I think that's that's it. I'm not gonna do a weekend review of the matches, because um yeah che- okay yeah I think Chelsea played Leeds the last weekend. Chelsea won three one. Um yeah just routine. Man City beat Fulham two 0 Liverpool win beating Wolves four 0 Honestly, I didn't expect Liverpool to beat Wolves by that margin. I, obviously, I knew Wolves were going to be a bit short up front because their main guy, Jimenez, unfortunately, he had a head injury the previous week. But I didn't expect them to beat him by that margin. Liverpool were ruthless. They went in on Wolves and tore them to shreds. I couldn't believe my eyes, honestly. But, I mean, it's just the way it is. Especially at home. I thought it would be probably a hard game, like 2-1 or 1-0 or you know, 3-1. But 4-0, wow. And they look like scoring even more. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um. So it's another Premier League weekend. By next week, I will be back. There's gonna be a Monday match between um, Spurs and Crystal Palace, like I mentioned. It's gonna be Spurs and Liverpool. Liverpool at Anfield. Spurs going away. It's a very interesting match. And um, we'll see how they line up. I mean, obviously, we know Spurs are not gonna come out there and attack them. We know the approach Spurs are gonna use. It's how the tactic will be like on the night. We'll see. But everybody has to be switched on on that day. I'm not going to do any predictions. You know my, you know me already. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do any predictions. I'm going, to, I'm going to be back next week. Thanks for, for listening. I really appreciate it.